Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is Christmas Day now. And grievances filed, wanted to wish you and yours a happy holidays for this special holiday episode. So, without further ado, Mariah Carey, please take it away from us here at Grievances Filed. Andrew and Matt, love you. Take a listen. Make my wish come true. on we are eve of uh the christ mass day or yeah christmas day eve christmas eve he is risen and it is yeah he is risen and so have we with uh, a late night edition so when you wake up christmas morning you have a gift to unveil we have a special episode today because we will be exchanging uh some christmas gifts yes and unboxing Yes, unboxing. And of course, it's Patriot Bills this morning. Yes. So, you know, we'll make our quick picks of the week and then we'll dive a little bit into uh, the Patriots Bills Monday Night Football coming up. Absolutely. This week. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about Brady's 17 point comeback victory against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. But first things first on this That's episode. What I want to talk I had some I had some non-football things I was going to talk about, then I completely forgot about them. Losing the playoffs, or please continue. So also, Brady. So okay, we'll start with Christmas gifts. Mine came in way earlier than expected. Way earlier. I thought it was not going to come in till like the twenty seventh, but it came in today, and I was excited for it. And we will be posting this video to Instagram and the Twitters. Uh, but for now, you audio listeners will have to listen over audio, but Matt, I'm going to screen share right now. Is, is it, how much, was it $50? No, it was actually a great deal, but oh. it's two minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Which is pretty good. Hold on. Let's see if I can open this. Here we go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wow. Hey, Matt, this is Bob Sosia, the voice of the Patriots. I hope everything is going well for you and yours. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I want to wish you all the best with your podcast. I understand that you and your buddy Andrew have a terrific podcast, so continued success with that. If uh, there's a way that I can help down the road and maybe sometime come on as a guest, you guys feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, at Bob Sosia. Holy shit. We'll see if we can uh, talk a little Patriots football. Maybe we can revisit that touchdown pass at the end of the divisional round. January 2015, the Patriots and the Ravens. One of my favorite games of my experience in eight seasons calling pass football to broadcast. Brandon LaFell on the receiving end. Brady drops it in the bucket. Tremendous pass. Tremendous fitting, capping uh, play to win that game over the Ravens, of course, with Jerron Harmon on the other end, coming up with an interception, and then the Patriots knocking down Joe Flacco's final last gasp heave toward the end zone. But that, that was a tremendous game. People ask me all the time, what are your favorite games to call? And I guess the assumption might be that I would say one of the Super Bowls, but it is that Ravens 
Patriots game from the 2014 playoffs when the Pats were down 14 twice, the Amendola catch from Edelman, uh, the various formations with Shane Vereen ineligible, befuddling John Harbaugh. <laughs> and uh, then along with that game, another playoff contest, the Patriots beating the Chiefs in overtime in 2018. That's probably supply to the Ravens game, but uh, still I'll always remember that Brady pass to Brandon LaFell. What a moment, what a game. And there was no uh, denying the Patriots after that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. And what an amazing win that was over the Seahawks of course in 2014 capping that season in February 15 Super Bowl 49 of course one of the many amazing moments that Tom Brady has given us through the years and uh, as your buddy Andrew did predict Tom Brady is still providing them but unfortunately for fans down in Tampa Bay as opposed to here in New England although we get a chance to watch on a weekly basis and what's been a disappointing year for our Patriots but uh, Brady still has it Andrew was right about that he is the greatest ever uh, and uh, I'm just grateful that we had a chance to watch him here for so long and that I had a chance to call his games for seven of my eight seasons to this point I'm also grateful for the holidays and uh, the my family is doing well and is healthy. And again, I want to wish you and yours the very same, not only this holiday season, but far beyond. All the best to you. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Go Pats. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Actually, so I was, funny story, and that's a great, that's the perfect person for your gift, given what my gift to you is. Oh, boy. So, Without a further ado, let me let me give you permission to record here or to, to share your screen. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Hey, be quiet. I'm trying to do a cameo. Hey, shh, quiet. Andrew, what's up? It's Big Zoe. Met your boy Matthew. Said, Hey, Zoe, I know you're down here on vacation, hanging out with your family at Christmas. So I'm going to interrupt you anyway to give my boy a where's the beef? Big shout out. I know you're a big fan of the show, Andrew. I appreciate it. Well, podcast co-host and I are big fantasy football fans, I heard. Well, and that's something. So uh, you're in the football final this week, and uh, some unfiltered trash talk is in order. So here we go. Kids, earmuffs. Cover your ears. Better take no fucking shit in this final. You hear me? Shove it up their ass. You get a ball down a tight, run it right up their ass. I don't care. And say you got a big lead. Don't be taking no knee. Throw the fucking ball. Throw the ball. Throw the Hail Mary. Run it up. I want to see 55 to nothing. All right? You big Brady and Buffalo Bills fan. That doesn't even make sense. Brady hates the Bills and the Bills hate Brady. And uh, you got to listen to all that Josh Allen talk, I guess, too. So Josh Allen's pretty good this year. I got to give it to him. Kids play great. I'm glad the Buffalo my Bills Mafia is having a chance to celebrate all this. That's good for them. They earned it. It's been a long time coming. And no fan base should go with what they went through. All right, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> oh my god that is fantastic. perfect i was really worried that you're also going to get zoe which would have been fine but having Sosie there is perfect because for those the many of you that don't understand those are the two patriots radio broadcasters i did not <laughs> that was meant to be i did not see the Sosie thing coming holy oh my god so I show that to my parents and I'm a little worried because just my Christmas gift to my family, because my parents are like, Oh, have you gotten Christmas gifts for your uh, sisters and all of that? I'm like, I have a big gift coming. And I got a cameo of the actor who plays Kevin from the office, <laughs> <laughs> which is 200 bucks, by the way. Um, well, have you seen how much Floyd Mayweather goes for? Yeah. It's a thousand bucks. That sort of thing. Drew Brees is only 600. That would have been crazy. It's insane. But yes, yeah, Susan Waldman would have been the best one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This this was fantastic. Thank you, Matt. Yes, thank you, Andrew. Merry, Merry Festivus. <laughs> Dude, I mean, could you imagine? Well, first of all, if we both did Zolak, you would have hoped that he would have put two and two together and then had incorporated the fact that one of that we both had done the same person. I'm going to call next week and what? say thank you. I'm going to call next week and say, yeah. yeah. What day does uh, – so doesn't Sosi usually call in to uh, 98.5? It's on Fridays. So he's once once a week? Yeah, but it's not going to be tomorrow. Then, then we'll tweet him, and we can do a mesh video 
of like I can edit the two videos together and then we yes. tweet them at them. And then, you know, how perfect is that? Yes. You know, it's perfect. It really is. That was incredible. Wow. So <laughs> I did uh, not see that coming. I was I pleasantly surprised. I thought it was Zolak too that you're gonna send. Then we're gonna yeah. which would have been great in its own right. <laughs> However, the, the main theme is we are playing each other in fantasy football. And on Monday night football. Yes. Because but Buffalo poorly on fantasy football because right. My, yes. The other game doesn't count. We might as well, you know, that was our Christmas gift exchange, get into some of the game picks for this week. And we have games all the way around. Actually, before we get into game picks, why don't we just talk about something that had occurred last week? And we didn't get a chance to talk about it yet because, you know, it is. Is the Jets winning a football game? It is the Jets winning the football game. It is the Steelers losing the football game. But moreover, and we've seen this time and time again, it is Tom Brady winning a football game. Tom Brady was down 17 points twice against the Atlanta Falcons. 28 point, or 17 points <clears throat> with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. 17 with seven minutes to go in the third quarter. And he overcomes it once again. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, the one man in sports you do not bet against. I could get Scott Hansen for 150. That's <laughs> But, Matt, I don't know if you watched the Tampa Bay game because I know you were concerned with the New England game. Did you see the Buccaneers play at all? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I saw that they sucked in the first half, and then they came back against a crappy Falcons team. I don't – the, the, don't put this up there with the, the, the Ravens and the Super Bowl and all that because they weren't really they, – they're playing a pretty bad Falcons team, and they went down by 17 – and the fact that it's not like you went against the Ravens who knew how to play you for all those years and went down by 14 and you came back and they did it again. You came back again. Um, this, this, I, I mean, it's funny cause it's against the Falcons and they usually choke things away, but that's kind of, you know, the Falcons have done that all year. And the fact that you were able to come back against them doesn't, doesn't really say that much. This year, this is the same Falcons team that went, toe-to-toe with the New Orleans two weeks prior. It's the same Falcons team that yeah. the John yeah. Raiders, it's the same Falcons team yeah. that beat the Denver Broncos team that beat the New England team. Yeah, I still, the, you're going down to 17 points to the Falcons. It's, it's the right. same Falcons team. I, if that you're, if you're hanging that on a win against the Atlanta Falcons where you had to come back from 17 points, I, I don't know if that's really a good sign for your football team. I can get LeVar Ball for 133 bucks. <laughs> I think it was impressive, though, because of how all-time bad the Buccaneers played in the first half. Yes, that, by, that is my point, is they, they played very poorly in the first first half, and then they played well in the second half, but it was, um, yeah. You know, now he's got some guys who's like, I can score fast if I want. And, and you see that perfect ball to Antonio Brown for yes. the game-winning touchdown? I mean, that was, you know, Antonio Brown was thanking the gods on that one with his arms extended to the skies above. Brady comes back from 17. He did it again. A couple other newsworthy notes from the week that was the Buffalo Bills clinched the division for the first time in 25 years. They win the AFC East, New England very poetically is eliminated from playoff contention in that same very week. And the Josh Allen completion percentage of worse than the league in 2018 and 2019 is following up those two campaigns with an MVP to boot season of close to 70% completion. He is thrown for nearly over 4,000 yards. He is beating teams by gigantic margins. He is going into Denver and destroying Broncos hopes. He will be going into New England and destroying more Patriot hopes. And I am proud of Josh Allen and what he has done. And I am proud of the Buffalo Bills and what they have done. They really got their crap together this year. And, you know, 
They started off with that hot streak of 4-0 and then getting dismantled by Tennessee and getting dismantled by Kansas City. Everyone thought they were frauds. First time in 25 years, Matt. First time in 25 years. And the first time since 2008 for New England that they haven't been to the playoffs. And the first time since 2002 without, uh, if you count Brady, okay? So talking about it, you know, I don't like to say causation is equal to correlation or correlation is equal to causation, but no Brady, no play. Matt, how do you feel knowing that New England has been eliminated from playoff contention? Well, right now, same as usual, which is mildly buzzed. But uh, for the Patriots, um, just bleak and hopeless, which is my other uh, feeling. Um, who else can I get? What you get? Um, and my season is now, look at Gabe Kapler and his beautiful face. I could get Gabe Kapler. You remember Gabe Kapler, right? So we were listening to Bill Belichick interviews heading into this week. Uh, and he, you know, made no mention of who the starting quarterback would be. And I know you have been tooting the horn for Jared Stidham for the longest time. Who do you think starts Monday night? Have your little birds told you anything? Um, little birds haven't said anything. Belichick has been kind of bitchy uh, about who's going to start. I, it better be Stidham. Like, there's no point in watching if it's Newton, you know? Yeah. Like, these games don't matter anymore. And um, it's just, you know, doesn't like it has to be Stidham. They have to at least at least give me an answer on Stidham before you do anything, because they're all their quarterbacks should be gone next year. Like Hoyer, Stidham, Newton, they all should not be on the roster. Yeah. Mariano Rivera, 750. Well, Stidham will be on the roster just because of how cheap he is. Yeah. Well, they're all they're they're all incredibly cheap yeah but newton you would have to resign i don't know what hoyer's deal is stidham you can do nothing and he'll be on the team i think you have to do something for him not to be on the team but that's just thinking out loud so coach right okay so the last newsworthy thing from the previous week before we get into our game picks for this week was pittsburgh and the jets The Jets won, but lost at the same time because now the Jaguars have the clear path to the number one pick in the draft, and everyone is tuning Trevor Lawrence's horn. Matt and I could make a 10-episode series debating whether if Trevor Lawrence is actually the second coming or not, you know, very uh, in the holiday nature, the second coming. Um, But I don't think he's that, you know, all that special. They compare him to the likes of Peyton Manning, but the Jets were all in on him until they weren't, until they won against the Rams. So concerning for a few teams, the Rams looked like they had a clear shot to the NFC West title. Now they lost against the Jets, the worst team in the league. But now the actual worst team in the league, the Jaguars, look like they're going to get Trevor Lawrence if they just lose. But the other issue is they have Gardner Minshew, who is not that terrible of a quarterback in fact we named a segment after the show from Minshew man of the week yes and then lastly the Steelers they lost again for the third straight time Juju Smith-Schuster did a little dance on the logo and then got popped over the middle and the Cincinnati Bengals posted to their social media said post this to TikTok Juju and it was Juju just getting annihilated Okay, so that was what happened this past week. What was the biggest takeaway for you? Was it a seven-point um, comeback? Was it the Bills winning the AFC East? Was it the Jets? Was it the Rams? Or was it the Steelers? It's that I have to watch Bengals Steelers every single time it comes on now because I don't know if you followed, but every single I feel like every single game between them is a total bloodbath and just. I mean, people get hurt, people get paralyzed, people are forever scarred. And for me, it is all wildly entertaining. It's like, it takes me back to ancient Rome and the gladiators and Maximus and um, all that fun stuff and Russell Crowe. Yes, the Bengals are Russell Crowe. And that is my hot take of the week. It takes you back to ancient times, but it also takes me back to 
2015. Remember that when Antonio Brown got decapitated? It's great. I just watched to see guys beat the shit out of each other. That literally, that's yeah. all I want to see in that game. I don't care. I don't like. I mean, obviously, I'd rather see the Bengals win because, like, you know, who wants to see the Steelers win? But uh, the Steelers, uh, we asked what's wrong with them. The Ben Roethlisberger throughout the season is averaging 40 pass attempts a game, which is wild, way too high. Right. 15 is too high. Uh, and you asked what's wrong with Roethlisberger. And I said, well, remember, he's 38, 39, late 30s. Yep. And he's coming off elbow uh, surgery, can't even say, surgery on his throwing elbow this past offseason. Also, he is a tub of goo. He is. Yes. So those combining factors, given the fact that he, uh, you know, throws more than anybody else in the league, he's old, he's older, and his elbow is shot. Also, he's fat, uh, has led to this kind of decline. He really didn't look good at all. Also, I can get Ray Lewis for $300. That's pretty good, too. <laughs> well, I'm going to do something about a white suit. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So <laughs> you're you completely right about Ben Roethlisberger. That was a huge takeaway. Uh, you know, the Steelers kind of did benefit from such a soft schedule early on. And they do have a good defense. I think that is, uh, you know, I think they do have a, a good defense. But you're right. I think my takeaway is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. Him dancing on logos. He did say yesterday he's going to stop dancing on the logos for the benefit of the team. But I think Shannon Sharp was the one who originally said it. Juju Smith-Schuster has not had an 100-yard game since the departure of Antonio Brown. So Juju Smith-Schuster, not really a number one wide receiver. We had hypothesized that for a while. I think at this point it's just completely confirmed. Uh, he cannot get it done on his own now. Number one right wide receiver is someone who you have to shift and dictate coverage to on defense and literally game plan against. That's not Juju Smith-Schuster. Sorry, it's not. Nope. Um, so, yeah. week, week 16 is the week coming up, and the week coming up starts tomorrow. There was no Thursday night football this week. There was no Thursday night football today on Christmas Eve. But if you're listening to this on Christmas Day, celebrate because at 4.30 you have Minnesota and New Orleans. And if you remember what Minnesota did to New Orleans in the playoffs last year, Kirk Cousins went in to the Superdome and him and Kyle Rudolph dismantled and, uh, you know, took one away from the Saints in overtime. Can they do it again here? The line is seven points in favor of New Orleans over under 51. And Matt, I'll tell you right now on pool host, I picked Minnesota to win this one straight up. So disregard Saints being favored over under 51. I'll go over here and I'll say uh, Minnesota wins this one again in overtime. And I'll go 31 to 28. I think I might have actually picked the Vikings as well. Um, but I might go back on that. I don't know. These, this game, I could feel like they come out just like in the, uh, remember they played uh, Seattle earlier in the year and they came out and they're up early and, and then they ended up blowing the lead as they usually do. I could see that happening in this game too. Cause I don't think uh, New Orleans is uh, right right now. They've been run all over the last few weeks. Uh, the Vikings have uh, what's his face, the cook. Um, I could easily see, you know, Minnesota going, getting out to a 10-point lead early in the game and people being like, oh, it's a, you know, it's played in New Orleans. Not that that matters. It's in a dome. It would have been in a dome either way. Right. I, you know what, I'll say 24-20, the Saints win. I think their defense will figure it out later on, but I feel like the Minnesota will make it a game throughout, and they might be taking an early lead, if anything. What's the spread on it? So I can seven points New Orleans. What seven points New Orleans? I'll go. I'll take Minnesota to cover. I'll take Minnesota too, but like I said, what's the over under? Straight up, fifty-one points. I'll go under. So the next is, um, is what's his face? Is uh, Michael Thomas playing? Nope. 
He is done until the playoffs. That sucks. Yep. So, weird. We have a Friday game. And the great thing about uh, week 15, 16, 17 is that we do get Saturday games. And the first game in the early window on Saturday is Tampa Bay and Detroit. Tampa Bay almost lost last week had it not been for a second-half resurgence like we talked about. Uh, let's see. Does Tampa Bay continue their second half, or do they continue, Do they go back and regress to what they did in the first half against Atlanta? Tampa Bay is over by 10. The over-under is 54 points. If you, Tampa Bay scored five straight times in the second I can get, I can get Gene Steratore for $35. Oh, my goodness. Really? I can get yes. I'm gonna keep looking. Um, what's what's the next game? Ten points favored for Tampa Bay. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay, and I'm gonna say under 54 points because I don't think Detroit score very much. Well, here's the thing. What have you been following? What's going on with uh, Detroit's coaching staff? Like more than half of them have COVID, or at least are uh, tracked for COVID. Yeah, it's not too good. Right. So what's the spread on the game? Can you repeat Ten it? Points, Tampa Bay. Ten points. It's a lot of football points, but I might also take Tampa Bay with you. Um, think of it this way. What was the spread on the uh, the Falcons game? About last week? I would I would imagine less than ten. I would say somewhere between six and ten. All right. Well, moral of the story is the, the Bucks did not cover and I See that game is more of a disappointment than anything. Uh, they better not. Oh, the Bruins are about to score. So I have a, a, a YouTube replay of a Boston Bruins game. Hey, they beat Montreal. That's good. Um, they better beat this Detroit team by more than 10 points. The Detroit had their coaching staff in Tennessee and got curb stomped by 20 plus points um, last week. Now, this week they have their. their I don't know what they're going to do. They have their like wide receivers coach acting as their head coach. Um, so they better win by at least 10 points in this game. Yep. So I'd be worried. Well, if they can continue their second half against Atlanta, I think they'll win by 10 points. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be looking out for, you know, trends to see. That Tampa Bay team in the second half could be NFC champions. The Tampa Bay team in the first half is not even deserving of a postseason berth. One team that is still on the line for a postseason berth is the Arizona Cardinals, and they'll be playing host to the Santa Clara slash Arizona 49ers. Because the 49ers have been playing in Glendale, Arizona, and so really it's a home game for both teams here. Um, So 49ers-Cardinals... Arizona's favored by five points. Matt, do you think the odds makers see this as a neutral field since both teams have been playing here as of late? I, I think so. It should be. And the over-under is 48 and a half. So right around the average number of points scored, as you once pointed out to me, 48 is the average. So what's the spread again? Can you five points for Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I'll take Arizona and the five points. I think that at this point, Teams looking to make the playoffs are going to be playing harder. Teams like the 49ers who are not in it anymore. What is the point of them going, uh, you know, to try and finish seven and nine versus five and 11? I would rather get the draft pick at this point if it were me. Um, I might take San Fran to cover, but I'm not going to take them to win. And the over-unders at 49. Um, I may take the over too. Well, okay. Over 48 and a half points. I might go over as well. I will say Arizona covers an interesting game here, Matt. Dolphins Raiders are the Raiders still in postseason contention at seven and seven. Just barely. Just um, barely. well, they can sneak in. Right, because if they beat Miami here, which I think they might be able to, given if Devontae Parker and Mike Gusecki are still out, uh, they, I feel like they have a pretty good shot, or they should, they should beat them. I don't think the Dolph- this Dolphins team is particularly talented, um, at least on the offensive side to begin with, and now that their two best players are out, 
um, the, I feel the, the Raiders should win. Um, but what, what are the sabermetrics on this game? Three points favoring Miami, and the over-under is 47.5. I'm going to go with Miami. I'll say they cover. At this point, Miami, you said, does have the inside track, although if the Raiders in, they could sneak in. It would be much easier if Miami just kept winning. They would be in the postseason. If so, 49 and a half, and then what was the, the spread? 47 and a half, and Miami favored by three. Oh, I'm taking the. I'm taking Oakland, and I'm taking uh, under. All right. We also, I found Bob Sosi for twenty dollars. Bob Sosi is awesome, dude. He was. <laughs> He's a good guy. He yeah. was at the um. When I went to the uh, Andrewsy thing at Gillette last year, he was the MC for it. Wow. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Now moving on to Sunday, the team that blew a 17-point lead against Tampa Bay is going to be playing the chief team who is the king of overcoming deficits. They were down by at least 10 points in all three of their postseason games en route to their Super Bowl championship, if you include the Super Bowl as a postseason game. So the Chiefs are favored by 10.5 points against Atlanta, 54 over under. I'm going to go over. I think that's the easier one to start. I think Atlanta, you know, could easily put up points here. The Chiefs at 13 and one, you know, at this point, if they win this week and they move to 14 and one, then they will have, actually they should, no, they shouldn't be clinched yet. The Chiefs no longer need to win, I don't think, right? Um. I feel like this is a game where if they win, then they pretty much lock up the one seed, right? If they, if if the Chiefs, Bills, and Steelers all finish thirteen and three, uh, the Chiefs beat out the Steel or the uh, the Bills. Right? No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I know. I know the Bills have no shot at becoming the one seed, but who? What is it the between the Steelers and Chiefs though? If they finish with the same record. Well, think of it this way. If they all finish with the same record, the the Bills would beat out the Steelers too, right? I right. guess. Um, well, so it would, go, it would go Chiefs, Bills, Steelers. Right. Who's their last game of the year? I think they play the Chargers. Yeah, so this is – if they um, – so how many games are left? Two, and they're twelve yeah. one. So I, I think they'll still try and win this game, just so they don't need to futz around with tie breaks and whatever it is. They'll win here. I think covering ten and a half does seem reasonable here. Yeah, uh, no, it's going to be a blowout. Um, I, I, I could. See I like, could get Tracy Wilson for a hundred bucks. Wow, I could see forty to fifteen. I could see. Well, I could see the uh, the the. Um, Falcons putting up like low mid twenties, maybe late junk time. Uh, I'll say the over, but I, and I think um, the Chiefs will cover. I can also get Legarrette Blount for seventy bucks. Wow! That's, so I I will also go the Chiefs. I'll go the over, and then the next game we have is now the one in thirteen Jets hosting the ten and four Browns. Again, the Browns, this is not a game they can mess around here. They smell postseason. They smell a team in which they now are desperately trying to lose. Because if the Jets win this week, I mean, all bets are off for Trevor Lawrence. All bets are off. They still have reserve and hope that the Jaguars could get one win in the next two weeks. Uh, although, I don't think the, the, the uh, Jaguars don't have it in them to win. I don't think so, but I don't think the Jets are going to win. Uh, 10 points favored for Cleveland, 47 and a half. Uh, I think this is a trap game. Don't take Cleveland minus 10. Uh, I think it's by less. Uh, whatever competitive juices Sam Darnold still has in his body, he is playing uh, a member of his 2018 draft class. The Jets-Browns game was the, uh, I think, first Baker Mayfield and Browns win. And if you remember, 
It came on a Thursday night, I believe. But I think this game will be a backdoor cover, perhaps. Um, I could see Browns winning this one, uh, like 27 to uh, 20 here, which would put you right under 47 and a half. And uh, I, I won't take the minus 10. Sorry. I can get, I can get David Ortiz sent to you for 750 bucks. Wow. Just to say, the Yankees lose. <laughs> um, so I think the, the Browns will cover. I'll give me the under. They took care of business against the Giants, who have been playing well. Um, the Jets, I don't. I still don't trust them to do the right thing. Right? And I guess the right thing is to continue to lose, but – I also don't trust him on the football field to do the correct thing in trying to win. So I'm going to go with the Browns, which is sounds weird. I feel better about the Browns and the Jets. I should feel equal about those two franchises doing anything in particular that's positive, but the Browns right now, I feel are playing more than well enough to, to um, like more complete football. They just got miles Garrett back from COVID too. You yeah. tweeting the whole thing about his lungs being shot. I can relate to that. Not fun. Um, but, yeah. No, give me the rounds. Give me the under. Yeah. I will go for this next game. And, and of course, just to reiterate, I don't think the Browns cover, and I will go under. Colts, Steelers. <sighs> Again, the Colts need a win, dude. They, these AFC teams, like the Browns and the Dolphins and the Colts, they need to win. The Steelers at 11-3, and three, I think they're okay. I'm going with Indianapolis here. Indy's favored by one and a half, Matt. Indy's wow. favored by one and a half. Over-unders, 44 and a half. Uh, oh, that was Zoe again. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with Indianapolis here. Uh, I, I think that big man Roethlisberger really exposed himself. They, they can't move the ball downfield at all, Matt. They, they literally have to throw crosser routes at the line of scrimmage. Uh, there is no semblance of pushing the ball downfield. Uh, give me Indianapolis here. I agree. And what was the over-under? 44 and a half. I'm going to take the over on that. All right. I'm going to take the over, yeah. Over 44 and a half. And the next game we have is Bears-Jaguars. The only time you should be even tuning into this game is if you are a Jersey Jets fan uh, because the Jaguars uh, currently have the path to the number one pick and the Bears at seven and seven, I think technically are still in this NFC wild card chase. Bears are favored by seven and a half. I don't see the Jaguars pulling this one off. I don't. Maybe in week 17. So actually- as, a, as an ambassador of the Bills and as, as ambassador of the Patriots, how do we feel about Trevor Lawrence getting into the division? Not good. I mean, it's on the Jets. Do we do we feel like it's he, he gets neutralized by the fact he's working for a, a third-rate organization? Or is it something where, like, he's considered the, the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Locke, who turned out to be legit, really good, just got – put in a terrible spot. So it was still really good. So my thing on Trevor Lawrence, obviously I would not want him in the AFC East. I would. It'd be nice to have him, you know, down South. But Matt, I don't. Jacksonville's like the perfect place for all the teams in the AFC. Jacksonville's the perfect place because you'll become totally irrelevant and that they're probably going to screw stuff up with him. Matt, I agree. I don't want Trevor Lawrence. That's what I love to hear. Don't get me wrong, Matt. I don't think that he is the second coming of Manning or of Luck. I don't. Mm. My dad believes that Joe Burrow is better than Trevor Lawrence. Now, what do you say about that? I don't think that's very, I don't think that's, uh, you know, absurd. Um, um, like, so for me to say, oh, I think Burrow is better than Lawrence or vice versa, I, I obviously don't know. Um, all I know is Burrow went to the Bengals, who's historically screwed things up, right? That's why they have the number one overall pick. 
and he looked like he was pretty legit. Of course, he just tore up his knee, so we don't know what it's going to look like after that. Trevor Lawrence is either going to the Jets or the Jaguars. So say he goes to the Jets, that is the one of the – oh, hello. 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 Um, <laughs> I – like, I like Burrow because he literally just went to LSU and won. <laughs> you know what I mean? He won yeah. everything. <laughs> and Lawrence has pretty much done the same. Uh, I feel like Lawrence has more talent. I, how can you not say it? Like he's, he has more arm talent. He has more running ability, all of that, but Burrow so far from what I've seen is he's, he's legit. So yeah. I feel like the, the, there's probably more potential with uh, Lawrence though, but you couldn't go wrong with either. Now the guy that might screw teams over is Justin Fields, who I don't think is legit. I don't think Fields is legit either. And, I have uh, questions about Mac Jones, though, or Kyle Trask. Mm. Eh, eh, Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know about those two. Um, you should have watched the SEC championship game. That was a uh, – oh, I forgot. We should talk about the ACC championship game, my favorite game of the week. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Once again, <laughs> I said, give me Clemson minus 20. Yeah. And guess what? They won by 24. And it really should have been by 44. It really easily could have. I think they laid off on it because now Alabama is going to go in in uh, the the first matchup and just absolutely lay the pipe on this overhyped waste of space Notre Dame football team. I have some Minshew men and and, uh, gunner guys to award uh, at the end of the show uh, in dedication of Notre Dame and the fighting Irish. They fought, but they lost. And now they rest. They uh, usually do that, though, so yes. it's great. So, but to, to to finish our week sixteen picks, we have the Giants and Ravens. Uh, Matt Baltimore minus ten and a half over under forty three and a half. Do you see this is a tough one right here? Well, it's, can you repeat those again? Baltimore ten and a half, forty three and a half over under. Uh, under and Giants. All right. I'm with you there. Uh, ten and a half is a lot of points. Ravens are kind of frauds. I see the Ravens still winning this, though. Game's on the line. Yeah. Uh, no, Bengals, Texans. I, I'm still a big fan of Houston. I love Deshaun Watson. Uh, Houston's favored uh, by seven and a half over under 46. I'll say Houston covers seven and a half points against the Bengals. Uh, I, I don't think – I think the Bengals-Steelers game of last week points more towards the Steelers than it shows the Bengals. Uh, over under 46 points, I will go uh, – I'll go push on this. I'll say Houston will cover, and I'll say push. Houston will cover, and I'll go under. All right. Denver and Chargers, it's an AFC West matchup. The Chargers are favored by three points, and the over-under is 49. Again, Justin Herbert is probably going to – break Baker Mayfield's record of touchdown passes by a rookie. Uh, Baker Mayfield uh, had usurped Peyton Manning a few years back. So now this record continues to get broken this time. It'll be by Herbert. Uh, Herbert at home, three points. So they're saying even on a neutral site over under 49. Uh, I'm going to take the charges to win this one. Uh, I believe for they'll cover three points and I think the game will go over 49. Uh, give me under and the Broncos. The next game is the Panthers against the Washington football team. So Ron Rivera will be welcoming in his former uh, team that he once coached, uh, the Panthers. Washington is favored by two and a half. Overrunners, 42 and a half. I'm curious to see the situation on Alex Smith and that calf of his. Uh, if Alex Smith is playing, I will take Washington to win this football game. If Alex Smith is not, then I will take the Carolina Panthers to win this game. So Washington's favored by two and a half. I will say just for the purposes of my Alex Smith argument, I will say Washington won't cover two and a half points, but will win the game. Uh, And I will say under, I I don't think a lot of points will be scored. I'll say uh, 20 to mm, 20 to 18 here. Washington wins. Yeah. Give me Washington in the over. Next game, as we're wrapping up this week, Eagles and Cowboys, a couple of NFC West or in NFC East teams that are heavyweights. Heavyweights. Uh, 
I do like Jalen Hurts a lot. So I'll I'll make my quick pick here and I'll say Jalen Hurts wins this one. He covers two and a half football points for the Eagles and the game will go under 49 and a half. Um, yeah, give me the Cowboys and give me the under. And then the next game we have is the Rams and Seahawks. Again, a lot riding on this game, the NFC West almost. You remember we had the NFC West championship game in week 17, game 256 last year. This isn't game 256, but this could very well be for the NFC West title. Uh, it is The line for this game is Seahawks favored by one. I will take the Seahawks to win this game. Uh, and cover obviously one point over under 47 and a half. I will go over. I don't think defense will be played this game. Nope. Uh, give me the Rams and give me the under. Next game, and, and this is the uh, Al, Chris, and Michelle game. So we'll all be tuning into that on a Sunday night is the Tennessee Titans taking on the Green Bay Packers. Okay. So Green Bay is going to be favored by three and a half points over under 55 and a half. So a lot of points to be played. I'm excited for this game. It's going to be in the frozen tundra in green Bay week 16 Titans are 10 and four, three and a half points. I think green Bay covers because they have their eye on the number one seed. All they have to do is not lose green Bay is not going to give that up. Green Bay wins. Uh, I think they'll have issues with Derrick Henry though. So I'll say under four, 55 and a half. And I say green Bay won't cover. I agree. I'll go the same as you. So, and then the last game of the week is the Monday night football game. And it's of course between Buffalo and new England, you know, that we would both be there if, you know, fans were in the stands, but unfortunately no. So the bills are 11 and three Patriots are six and eight. The tables have turned bills are AFC champions heading into this game. Uh, Matt, if you re- remember back to the off season, I'm not rubbing anything in, but I did say that I don't think this game would matter. Um, and, uh, thanks, you know, bud. It doesn't really, except for seating for Buffalo. Um, Buffalo's favored by seven points, Matt over under 46. Um, you know, if, if, if I don't know, because the way that Bill Belichick plays Josh Allen, uh, historically has been pretty tight. Uh, you know, if it's a Jared Stidham show, Matt, it seven points is, is not nearly enough for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but if Cam Newton's in, you know, we, we make fun of Newton for how poorly he throws the ball, but maybe he'll be able to run it against Buffalo. And we know that game back in Buffalo a few months ago was 24-21. Uh, so I'll say Buffalo, seven points, push. I'll say they win by a touchdown, 46 points. I'll say over. I'll say Buffalo wins this one um, by a score. Uh, how do I? How would I push at this score? Uh, what I say? Thirty. No. Oh boy. Twenty. No. Man. Almost there. Well, I could. I to do seven points and to make it forty-six. 19. Well, seven and a half, so you have to make it eight. Oh, man. Okay. Well, whatever. You get the drift. I'm not going to do math right now. It's 1123 at night. Matt, who you got here? Uh, the Patriots will cover. Seven and a half is a lot because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, but Bills will win, and it'll go under. Jay, it'll be close to what the, the game last uh, earlier in the season was like. They'll show up and they'll play hard and then they won't have enough. Their roster blows and they don't have anything in the past game in general. So it'll be great. I'll have a good time. Patriots will lose and they'll end up with like the 10th overall pick, which will be wonderful. So are you, are you conceding that the Patriots finish six and 10? Well, at this point, I hope they do. Now that, now that they have no hope of making the playoffs, I'd rather them lose these last two games. I'd rather them play Stidham. Here's the thing. There's no A, there's no guarantee that they beat the Jets anyway, right? <laughs> like, they're, they're going to lose against Buffalo. And, like, most, most betters are going to put their money on the Patriots against the Jets the last week of the season. 
But if you remember, they were down by 10 points in the fourth quarter to the Jets earlier in the year. Yeah. And this team is only worse than that team earlier. Um, I, I mean, I'd rather see him play Stidham for two weeks and actually see if he can play at all. If, hey, if Stidham wins on Monday night or if he wins against the Jets and he looks really good, then at least they, I have a little bit of a glimmer of hope. But if Cam Newton's out there and they're just doing the same thing and it just looks like shit, then it's like, I, there's no point in watching for me. You know what I mean? There's no, as a fan, like I want to see if they're not going to make the playoffs, I want to see like some sort of potential for next year. I'm not just going to watch to see them lose and get embarrassed again. That's not, not enjoyable, but um, you know, it better be Stidham because there's no answer with Cam. Yep. You know, I agree. You got to see what you uh, what you have in Stidham. Otherwise, it is wasted. Because um, at this point, you know what you got in uh, Cam Newton. Right. Not necessarily as good. So I did allude I would give my Minshew men and my Gunner guys of the week mm-hmm. uh, in honor of Notre Dame. And, uh, you know, for the Notre Dame fans out there, listen to the last episode that Matt and I recorded. We torched them. My prediction was 45-10 Clemson. Okay, score wasn't 45-10, Matt, but it was pretty darn close, right? Wasn't it? Yes, it was. Hey, you got the 10 right. I did. And what, what did Clemson get, like 33 or something? 34, yeah. 34. I mean, they could have easily scored more. Right, they could have. They should have. Uh, and I, I to like to rub things in. I do. Well, you do, so I'll let you do that. But what I will say is Notre Dame does not deserve to be in the playoffs. They don't. No. Um, and uh, – you know, Matt, I'll just let you say this. What do you think the line for the Alabama Notre Dame game should be? So we discussed this over text. I think what was it like 14? No, it wasn't 14. Um, so think of it this way: the the Clemson line was 10 points. Clemson won going away only by 24, but it easily could have been more. Yes. And based on it really was 31 because the touchdown by Notre Dame was garbage. Well, it's all guard. Well, also, Clemson should have had more points. Yeah. Um, I could easily see 14 to 17 points, right? Like, if they they were like, all right, Alabama is a 15 and a half point favorite. Could you see that? Yeah, I could. I, that's, a, that's a big line for a one versus if it was at 21 points. What's that? I think we would both take the bets if it was at 21. Points. I would take it at 31. <laughs> I would literally this game, it's a huge waste, just like this Bills Patriots game. Like for me, if Cam Newton's playing, it's a giant waste of time. This Alabama Notre Dame game is just absolutely huge, a huge waste of time. It'll be fun for me to watch because I'm going to be right no matter what. Like I know that Alabama is just going to torch them because they just, it's, like Notre Dame, the, the whole Notre Dame experience is wildly annoying. It's just a whole schnobby experience of like, oh, we're Notre Dame. Like, look at our history of Luke Holtz, you know, spitting all over myself and all the wing tee bullshit. And they have like all these donors and they get all this funding from these. And their football team is built around. I hate the way they, they're built too. It's like, if you notice, it's like all through the offensive line. And then it's all this like, I don't know. It, they they're very unimpressive offensively and then defensively they're good they're good enough to like beat down lesser teams but when they play equal talent it's just not even close i i can't wait for notre dame to get absolutely emasculated yep i would i wouldn't be surprised if alabama got into the 50s like I, i'm excited matt you know i am you're not allowed to see murder and it be legal quite often i am Full, a full proponent of these teams to I really want them to get beaten so badly that the the committee looks at this game and says all right we cannot let Notre Dame in anytime soon ever again. ever again because they again. they got in because they're Notre Dame you know they literally people are like oh they beat look at they beat Clemson earlier in the year and what did I say they they didn't have Trevor Lawrence and they didn't have half their starting defense out there and look what happened. Instead of giving up 40 points like they did last the earlier in the season, they only gave up 10. 
And Trevor Lawrence out there, it doesn't make a difference compared to your backup quarterback. You now the whole team plays differently. Not the quarterback stats mean anything, but quarterback wins. But right, Trevor Lawrence right. being out there changes the whole complexion complexion of the game. How the you know Notre Dame offense operates on offense, how uh, you know Clemson operates, all of that. And, and yeah, so the last thing I'll say is you know there are certain Notre Dame fans out there, and they will remain nameless because I don't want to put them on blast right now. But okay. I'm a big advocate that the Big Ten is fierce competition, okay? Every year, every Big Ten team, their strength of schedule was all of them were in the top 53 of strength of schedule. Well, yeah, what do you have? You had Indiana, you had Ohio State. Right. Northwestern, obviously. I think um, Notre Dame strength of schedule. Notre Dame strength. Uh, Notre Dame strength of schedule is up there. To be fair, they played they played Clemson obviously without the Lawrence, and then they played North Carolina, who was actually very good. They played my Syracuse Orange, who were god awful, um, and struggled early on with that team. Um, who else did they play? Uh, well, I, I remember seeing Notre Dame's strength of schedule uh, somewhere, and it is it is Matt. Keep talking. Yeah, uh, I also like Texas A&M. Who do the, the only team they lost to was a Florida team that made it competitive with Alabama, if that makes sense. Like they they played Florida earlier in the year. Um, actually, no, they lost to who did Texas A&M lose to? Shit, like blanking now. Right, because if you remember, Florida just played Alabama in the SEC title game. And that game ended up being a six-point football game, a lot closer than people thought, um, even though Alabama throughout was controlling. But, like, you, you can't compare Notre Dame's one-time ACC conference strength of schedule to, you know, playing in the SEC, where right. I would still argue, like, LSU, LSU was 4-4. Four and four. Like, he, that, was, that was a down year for them, and they went out and beat Florida. Like, and I think I think I think I looked it up based on 2019's win loss record. Notre Dame had a strength of schedule, I believe, of 28. So I mean, in the Big Ten teams, most of the good ones are in the top 30. Right. So you know, every year Notre Dame gets to cherry pick their games that they play. Right. They'll play. They'll play like USC, and they'll play. Um, Wells. They'll play like Florida State and some of these programs that over the last like five years have been down. Um, yeah. And so I will give, uh, you know, my Minshew man of the week. Uh, it pains me to say it. Uh, I'll give it to Trevor Lawrence for uh, dismantling this Notre Dame team. Uh, and my gunner guy of the week, uh, I'm actually going to give it to Antonio Brown. Welcome back into the end zone for uh you know the first time since uh 2019 yeah my uh my Minshew man is uh, scott zolak for for giving that great soliloquy wait i might need to change mine to bob sosi then okay and my gunner guy is going to be um tyler murray who's going to win me a, a nice big old uh yes all right, so we have an epic fantasy football matchup this week. We have a great week. It's the holiday week, uh, and, uh, you know, we're both having a, a good time. Yes, it'll be a swell time. I definitely know how to take this right now. Yeah. So, well, that means we'll wrap it up then, just like Matt always wraps it up. Isn't that right, Matt? <laughs> yep, I do. <laughs> There's a lot of mini Matts running around right now. Uh, there I Over in London. All my illegitimate. <laughs> All right, uh, you know that that cares to the All right, good night and good morning and uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Here we are as in All right, goodbye, kids. Until next time. Happy golden days of yore, faithful friends who are dear to us 
Gather near to us once more Through the years we all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star Upon the highest bough And have yourself A merry little Christmas now Upon the highest bar